Oh Jesus, dude, he he does look kind of like a villain from like the old wrestling days, like a like a knockoff Lex Luthor kind of like you know. I but think his if name you, would be like if you can break the Max billion dollar mark or something, yeah. If you can break the billion dollar mark in your bank roll, uh, I think you could you will automatically start looking like a villain no matter what. Like yeah. you just start dressing crazy and you know acting differently. It's it'll be weird. And uh... <laughs> I mean, not that I wouldn't want to try. <laughs> I mean, obviously, how else are you going to dress it that much velour? You need to be a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. Pull it off. <laughs> you know, because, yeah, if you become that rich, man, you want to look like a Batman. Oh, yeah, for that's sure. Just, that's just what you want to do. I want nothing, nothing but crushed velvet and, like, throw pillows everywhere. You know what I mean? I want it to look like Slughorn's Chambers from, from fucking Harry Potter, where it's just luxury <laughs> and cushions as far as the eye can see. <laughs> Hi, this is Luther Rickno. You're listening to Children of the Atom. Keep listening, baby. We're back. Been a busy news cycle again. Oh. Yeah, you take any time off and it just uh, racks up on you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, besides all the stuff we normally watch, like just, you know, like our guilty pleasure watches, like the stuff we put on when you do dishes and shit like that, uh, you know, there's some actual things to watch. <laughs> yeah, real shows. Real, real actual television. shows, yeah. One of them uh, just had their series finale. Uh, it was about Better Call Saul. Yeah. The, uh, the the end of the Breaking Bad era, as it were, at AMC, at least until they throw Vince Galligan, you know, $30 million for a spinoff show about Badger's parents or whatever the fuck's coming next. <laughs> yeah, we'll get something kind of crazy like that, right? It's got to be coming, right? Chuck's there's, backstory. There's no, there's no way they're letting this go. Like, they can't... It, besides, what else do they have, really, AMC? As I don't. Far as con- yeah, that's it. Well, that's that's a good point. Yeah, but I mean, maybe come up with something original. That's what I would suggest. <laughs> Breaking Bad is original. Just keep, yeah. you know, keep Mandaloring that shit and putting stuff inside the universe. It's fine. Yeah, just just create a new show, and then in the middle of that show, like make two episodes just completely about old characters we love. Yeah, like about Saul and the one about Jesse. It'd be perfect. Yeah, that's that's about right. I mean, that's the Disney school of, of doing television. Yeah, it is pretty much. So the uh, the series finale, Saul Gone. It was a pretty foreboding title going in. Uh, for those who haven't been watching the show, it, where do we leave off? Like with, with the last episode, Waterworks. It was uh, Carol Burnett had just called the the police on Saul because she figured out who he was, right? Yes. So in our yeah, in our last episode, we had gotten you know our our storylines together and we watched Gene fall back into Saul essentially, right? right? Yeah. Taking all the chances in the world wanting, essentially I believe wanting to get caught, but you know, same is time, not it, wanting to be caught. That is kind of how it looked, right? He was, oh. he took on like an untrained partner who was really kind of, kind of a klutz. Well, I think he was drawn into that because they had set up early in that episode that all his money was gone. Oh uh, yeah. Like all his all his show oh, corporations were taken from, over. Yeah, so he had okay. nothing left. He just had his diamonds and you know, whatever he had in his pocket from Cinnabon, right? Right, yeah, so basically. I think that he was like, Yeah, I kind of forced myself to get back into this. And besides that, he hates being Gene. He's lonely, he's he's just tired of it. He does not want that. He cannot live that life, mm-hmm. which will take us into that final episode. Right. You know. So the final episode is full of a couple flashbacks. We, we catch back up with Mike. We see uh, Saul and Walt have their long-awaited singular scene they were talking about forever. But all in all, the, the final episode really is about Saul having to atone for what, 
for what he did basically is he gets arrested and caught like it to start the episode off basically like he's in cuffs like right from jump and automatically like my brain is thinking like how in the fuck is he gonna get out of this because i had no idea where the episode was gonna go like where the the, the show was gonna go because we've seen especially in recent memory we've been burned on more than one terrible series finale that has oh. kind of tainted, you know, the, the if not the last season, you know, almost the entire show. So it's series finales are very hard to pull off. And when this one started off with basically their our antagonist, like you know, locked up with without a hope in sight, it really kind of leads you to believe it was going to be a dreary fucking episode, right? You, well, you're supposed to think that. I mean, it's you're going in there expecting the worst. Right. And you want the best from these characters, and you're just hoping that it turns out that way. Right. So yeah, I, I was with you. Like I was just like, oh god, you know, it's depressing at the end of the, you know, that the the previous episode where he's on the run, and then yeah, right away, he's picked up by the cops, man. I mean, did you not feel bad for him when we jumped into that dumpster to hide I out? I did. Yeah. And like all he's trying to do, he's just like, you know, talking about the vacuum salesman and just saying, okay, I got to repeat what I you know what the words are so i can get picked up and get out of here yep and then he just drops the diamonds man yeah and you just like all the air out of him like just sinks out of him and like same for me i was just like oh no and then that was it and then yeah picked up by the cops and thrown right into cuffs and you're just like holy shit okay where are they going from here Right, it doesn't even bother fighting extra. It goes right back to New Mexico almost willingly, and it, uh, almost immediately hires his formal kind of like rival, I guess. Right, the, yes, the other attorney who was his counsel, or uh, yes, they were against each other, right? Yeah, yeah, they, and it's a nice little callback to the earlier in the season when they, uh, or a couple episodes ago when we saw that yeah he's no longer a prosecutor, but now he's a defense attorney. So it kind of ties that together and brings him back in. I like that. Right, and so it's in the way this episode is like even though. It's all black and white. Like, it's still... Our timelines are all caught up. Like, we're about as far forward in the Breaking Bad universe as we can be timeline-wise. Like, yeah. Walt's dead. Jesse's wherever. Like, we, we know Kim's wasting away down in Florida. And then, you know, here we're seeing where they're going to leave Saul. Yeah, this... Yeah, it, it, just just so much is, like, going on all at once. It's like it's trying to, like... You're trying to play catch up in your in your brain, right? I mean, just like yeah. trying to process everything that's going on because you, yeah, they're closing up all the timelines and all the all the storylines and all that yeah. stuff. And now we're just here to say, what is the final straw for right. for Jimmy here? How does he does is he going to get his way out of this or is is he dead, man? You know what right. what what is it going to happen? So yeah. So as it turns out, he seemingly hires this guy Bill to come in and defend him, only to basically get him to to shut up like he basically wants someone he can steamroll over and he starts sawing his own deal like he goes from almost a hundred years down and, oh, and just through negotiating and just out these people and out maneuvering and j- just that scene alone where he's he, he's got his feet up like on the on, on the jail table like talking to these uh what were they? They are the district attorneys yeah, and shit like that. And detectives yeah, federal prosecutors. And, yeah, like whatever the hell they were. He's just schooling these people, and he gets them down to a seven year <laughs> from from like a hundred years term. plus. Yeah, after he admits to almost everything, like he he. I mean, holy shit! He's uh, such he's such a good actor, though Bob Odenkirk, man. Yeah, like. Just, I mean, think about probably how many times in his head he had to go over that monologue of, yep, I'm a victim too. You know, 
uh, Walt and Jesse, you know, they came into my office. They later kidnapped me, blah, blah. That was my first right. introduction to Walter. Like, like, he just delivers that monologue so well and so convincingly that we as the audience are, like, buying that and saying, you know what? God damn it, Saul, you are a victim in this thing, right? Yeah. You weren't, you weren't just a willing participant. Nope. And then uh, his ace in the hole is like to sweeten the deal is he's going to confess to Howard's death. But then he finds out that Kim already had. And it's at that point, like something kind of switches up in him. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the the one, the, the straw too many right there. The straw that broke the camel's back. Right. That's uh-huh. he he could get away with it and do everything he could, because as far as he knew up to that point that. uh Kim was in Florida. Kim was in Florida. She had basically just kind of disowned herself and disassociated herself from Saul and said, hey, you know, I really don't want anything to do with you. Because that that episode, the last couple episodes, also are having a lot of flashbacks, right? You got, you got like the... Between Waterworks and Saul gone, yeah. Yeah, you got the Kim and Jesse, you uh-huh. know, uh, scene in there that's basically just showing you that, yeah, Kim now realizes that, you know, this is no longer Jimmy McGill. You know, mm-hmm. Jimmy McGill is dead while... Jesse is basically trying to say, "Hey, is this the guy we want?" I mean, is he any? I, I, I love right. how they set up. It's so simple in the in the dialogue they have, where he's asking, he's like, "Yes, is this? Uh, I mean, is this guy any good?" Is he and any she's good? like, yeah. "And she's like, yeah, he was when I knew, you know, before mm-hmm. he changed." It's 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 just good because he's so disassociated from Kim at that point. He's like, has her waiting in the waiting room to sign yeah. divorce paperwork. I mean, he's just. A Doesn't total even make eye contact dickhead. with her at all. Like he's just staring right at the papers, just going along about his day. Yeah, all he wanted to talk about is like, yeah, do you like my my office looks? Yep, looks great, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just absolutely insane. Like how his character had changed and and gone down so far in the rabbit hole that you know he doesn't even recognize himself anymore. And yeah. it's not until that moment when he realizes that Kim went all the way back to New Mexico and confessed, put her life on the line, even understood that she was at risk of a civil suit from uh, the wife of, ha- of Howard's. Uh, Howard's. Yeah. yeah. Like it, that's when it hit him and he said, I can't let this happen. You know, this is bad. You know, and right. he's, he's, he's got to do something about it. So then he demands extradition to Albuquerque. And then while he's on trial there, he then flips the entire script and fully admits that he basically says Walter White wouldn't have been shit without me. Yeah. Like to, I, to sum up, like to, to summarize, like all the dialogue he put in and all the emotion he was putting forward, all that. That's basically what he said in a nutshell, right? I go, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love the way he starts it out. He gets up there and he starts going over the same spiel that he was handing the prosecutors, right? And mm-hmm. then the camera cuts over to him and they're just like shaking their head. They're like, ah, oh, here we go. Here's right. the bullshit story. But he doesn't. He just kind of turns around. He looks at Kim sitting back there because Kim now understood that, or she was tipped off by the local DA there in Albuquerque. Yeah. That, yeah, he's going to testify about you. Now, we don't know what the contents of that testif- testifying is, but man. So she had to come back is just to make sure that, you know, she's prepared to take on anything she needs to do. Right. It turns out as, you know, he's there to save the day for her, you know, get her out of this thing completely. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, and that's, I think, I think that's why I love the ending of this one so much is, did you? is I did. I think yeah. they stuck the landing on this thing. They, they made it to what it needed to be. Because at the end of the day, after Saul gives his great confession, we we find out at the end that he's sentenced to 86 years mm-hmm. in a federal prison. The, the federal prison he didn't want to go to either, right? He was right. talking his way out of that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 86 years in that prison. And he had him get, negotiated to weekly ice cream. Like, that's what he yes. had him down to for seven years. <laughs> yes. Which is just amazing because, like... 
you've got to do some self-reflection about yourself too and the wonder is like if you were in that case would you be able to do that you know for oh fuck no i mean it's just yeah it's insane to think well, about it so. especially because it you know not for, not for nothing but kim had already seemingly got off from it like i think she would have been fine howard's wife just seemed to want to move on basically well, we, we assume that. We don't know. Maybe there's a there was. They a never showed her lawsuit. in court or anything. So as yeah. far as as far as we're led to believe, it's like she was like, "Well, thanks for your kind words. Fucking see you later, Kim." Yeah, but she did threaten her, and she said, "You know, I could sue you for everything you got." And because originally, when I was watching this, I thought they were going to go to a point where, uh, since Saul was now caught, mm-hmm. that the DA in Albuquerque was going to then pursue charges, and you know. Kim would have to choose a side Ooh. and that would be the big choice. So uh, right away, that's where my mind wow. was going. It, thankfully it didn't go that way. Cause I even maybe, maybe the writers were even thinking this and they were like, no, no, no. Saul's too smart. He will head that off at the past Cause he wants to save Kim. Jesus. That would have been good to see. I, uh, I, I gotta say like, I, I didn't like the ending at all. Really? Yeah. I didn't care for it. I thought Why? it was a wild, I mean, wild what was swing it, what and was a miss. You didn't like, like I mean, Sal, okay, granted, okay, when he started admitting to all his crimes, it's like, okay, he did have a large hand in this. But at the same time, he's the one character besides Jesse. Like, you know, Jesse was, was like was almost like a – he was as much of a victim of Waltz as he was an accomplice at times. Whereas, you know, Saul throughout his run, I mean, he's he, – he only kind of ever was a victim of himself. So at the end, to see him fully outlawyer these people, like even though he had done the nefarious deeds, he was using completely, you know, he was using their system against them to get his prison down, prison sentence down to seven years. I thought that was the perfect ending, is let him get out of seven years or whatever, and then you know, have, have it wrap up he and Kim however you want. But I think him going to jail for the whole thing, admitting it after he got off, was just a wild swing and a miss. Uh, see, I disagree. It ruined I, it for I, me. I understand exactly it ruined it for me saying. to the point is I doubt I will watch Better Call Saul again. Oh boy! Oh no no no! Because yeah, let me let me try to help you out here, man. Because yeah, I I understand exactly what you're saying. I I could see. Oh that. dude, it landed like such a wet waffle, man. I was like, this is fu- oh I can't handle. No, it. And at the this... end, like the the finger gun thing at the end, they're sharing the cigarette. Like I appreciated their final goodbye and all that, and it was nice seeing uh, the scene where you, you check back in with with Jimmy and with Chuck, and you know it was. There were some really nice, you know, things in this episode itself. It, it was beautifully shot. Like the the scene with Walt and Saul itself was yes. strong. Man, it was they, you know, all in all, technically speaking, it, it amazing. But as far as the story goes, ah, I just didn't like it. Okay, so yeah, here's my thoughts on the story, and this is this is why I like it. This is, you know, my my breakdown here. Mm. So the reason why you have to have Saul go back and have his redemptive moment is because. Saul himself, Saul slash, you know, Mr. Takovic in mm. Nebraska. Yeah. He's miserable. He hates his life. He cannot stand it. He was lonely as Saul. Like, that's what we were watching. Because that the theme of that final episode was regret. It was all about yeah. regret. He would bring up to every character. All the if, time travel thing, Yeah, right? he would bring up the time travel, and we finally understood what why he was talking about that but that's the theme of it it's everybody reflecting on going back and reflecting on their life and saying you know what would you change you know all the shit that he did right you know he goes back but the one thing that he regrets more than anything was not just was just not taking the time to have an honest conversation with his brother 
and then ultimately being the cause of his death really the you know the push to yeah, suicide for sure. you know the, that was like one of his biggest regrets but i like that because we get mike's regrets there mike mike thinks back like oh yeah i would just go back to where my son was killed but then he, was, he even double thinks that and says no 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 i'm going to think back to the one thing that took me on the the path of of the bad and mm-hmm. off the path of the good of the day he took his first bride because that led to everything else yeah you know and maybe i because if you remember back in this at the end of season three into season four that's when saul becomes saul after chuck dies jimmy yeah. jimmy does as, as always carried that guilt with him so he to cover that up basically just said you know what it's all about the money I'm going to fill that empty hole now and all that guilt with all the money I can get. And that just, that set him on the path of terribleness. Like before he was always just kind of walking a fine line, just kind of scamming some people. Yeah. But yeah, after he became Saul, he goes full on bad. He breaks bad at that point and completely, you know, goes down the path of just saying, you know what, whoever I hurt doesn't matter. I'm going to do it for the money. And he can't stand that. It is a lonely life. We see where it all ends up. It, it ends it ends up destroying the one person that he truly loves Kim like she had to go on the run essentially even though she was away kind of scot free yeah she did she did take a lot of shit but her life was completely damaged you know everybody he was around that he touched somebody was hurt by it and he had a final one final moment to actually make everything right and say you know what I can finally take responsibility for it but at the yeah. same time I am killing Saul because I love, I love it. The last thing he says to the judge, McGill, my name is Jimmy McGill. Right. And that's it. And then and then you go back to the prison where they meet up later. I just I love that because it goes back to what they were really good at before. Just their little banter, sitting there smoking a cigarette and just talking about how their day went, essentially. Right. You know, back when he was just Jimmy and she was Kim the lawyer. I, I, I love the circle it makes. And... Yeah, it's it's great. I I love the ending. I thought I thought they did this whole final series or final uh, second half of the series just brilliantly. I, I loved it. Yeah, I, I think with that, with ending like that, it was going to be hard to please everyone. Yes, but I I think just given the ending of what Breaking Bad was and just how rushed it felt like portions of the of this final season were. It just it, it feels like they're the ending should have been more than what they were going for. It felt like too easy of an out just to be like, all right, fuck it, put him in, put him in prison the rest of his life. I can see it, but I I like that because I like the poetic ending to this whole thing. Yeah, Walt dies, Saul goes to jail, Jesse goes free. You know, Mike it's dies. kind of that trifecta. You know, yeah. there was one option for each one of these ones, and each one of them took their road depending on what their sins were. You know, Walt was obviously the big bad. Like he yeah. was a good guy that just completely went off the deep end. Jesse was a victim like like yeah he he made a lot of bad choices in life but he was always pushed and 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 tried as hard as he could to get out of that life yeah where you know and you know Saul slash Jimmy he's in the middle of that he is just like yeah I I live this life and I'm trying to do good I'm trying to do good but everybody's pushing me down until a point where he pushes back so hard that it you know costs his brother's life and then he goes on and just kind of breaks bad the other way but realizes before things get too late, he says, I'm going to take responsibility for this and move forward. So he gets that middle punishment. Hmm. And that's, I, I just, it's well done. I think it was excellent work by the writers just coming up with a lot of the ideas and, and tying up all the loose ends. 
It definitely could have been easy, but I, I had it end a little differently, I think. Yeah, I, could, I can see where you'd want to go with that ending and stuff and say, you know, because this is the character we grew with and yeah. watched, with the exception of watching Jimmy kind of start off. But even right. then, you know, you even liked watching Sleeping Jimmy a little bit, right? You just For sure, yeah. You, you didn't I, want I guess, him to go completely I, I, straight. I guess maybe, maybe to me, like, the the root of the show, like, no matter how many different directions it took, what, what the title of it was, it was always... It was always kind of like about like a love story between Jimmy and Kim, mm-hmm. and just for them to end up like as they did, it just man, oh, <laughs> it just something just sits wrong with me about that portion of the story. Yeah, like, I like they, they, I they deserve it. to be finally just like I think free from all the bullshit and all the trappings of their the world they were in and all that. Like I think they would have been fine together off like in a cabin in the woods. Like you know what I mean? They could have. So yeah, no, I the, can see that. The ending I envisioned for them. I think. Yeah, they, you, you so you you might have had like a more of a kind of a romantic end. Yeah. You know, to, you know, like like I talk, I think I talked about in a previous episode was you know because I I I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff too in my movies like the classical movies where you know you, you just kind of had that happy ending or if it was it was somewhat happy but it was a little ambiguous you just didn't know what they did. Right. You, just, you know, your hero got to ride off into the sunset, and that was it. Right. You like, know? maybe if he only had seven years, would he be like, so would the ice cream wait for me or something? And, like, she winks or some shit. Like, just, you know, fucking something, anything, just to, you know, you can't give you hope. such a dour note. Yeah, because this wasn't like, there weren't many, like, I understand it's not a happy show, but there weren't many happy moments at all, like, in those last few yeah. episodes. So it was just like, just fucking throw me a bone here once, man. Let's see something. Well, yeah, because, I mean, the th- overall theme of those two shows is about, you know, the very, how, how bad people can be. Yeah. Part, how, how nobody is really good and, yeah. you know, how easy it is to slip farther and farther into that pit. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it because, to me, watching this thing was very Star Wars to me. It, it followed a lot of the same beats of, you know, the fall into darkness and the, the redemption story at the end. That's what I liked because, you know, all those characters, because at the end of it, yes, not everybody gets to be where they want to be, but everybody appears to be better than what they were at the start of the episode, right? At the final episode. Start of the episode, he was still Gene Takovic playing Saul, you know, on the run, hating his life, you know, just trying to get away. Where by the end of the episode, he was free. Like, he had no no weight on his shoulder anymore because he had he basically unloaded all of that burden you know by through confession you know it's very you know biblical in that way or, or religious in that in that sense you know he's he's confessed to all his skins now he has to pay his price for those sins yeah and that is his price his 87 years like he, he probably will never get out of prison while kim definitely not know, getting friday ice cream i tell you that yeah but Kim can now walk free and, and pursue because at the end of that episode too, you get to see that Kim has chosen a new life too. She's getting back into the legal game. She may not become a lawyer again, but she wants she's found something that she wants to do. She wants to help people. She's not going to live that crappy life working at a at a yeah, sprinkler system where she's just rewriting the same crap over and over yeah. in the same catalogs, right? She she wants what? to get back to what? what she true loved doing. I really identify with that part of the episode. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you especially right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, fuck, man. Throwing yes. life right in my face right there. Holy yeah, shit. yeah. you need to do some self-reflection right there, right. too, right? Holy shit. You should go out there and do some pro bono work now. Take up smoking. Do something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, well, I'm, I'm sad you didn't get everything out of that, man, because I, yeah, I enjoyed it. it. I thought it, it was really It just didn't good. ring my bell for, like, you know, I, I wanted something happier, I guess. I don't know, like. I guess every the the world's dour enough. I wanted to see just like a little bit of light, but I mean, you know, yes. it, as far as being you know technically like I'm, it was you know very well done. I just you know 
I didn't care just, for the Yeah, it the wasn't what you wanted it to be, yeah. Yeah. So ch- chalk another another series up that kind of fails to stick the landing for you. Well, not as wildly bad as, like, you know, Supernatural or Dexter or Game of Thrones. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, those are those are some real shit. Shit, fucking every other bullshit show. Oh Whoa. man, so okay, uh, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. I know you said you hadn't watched this yet, right? But yep. it, apparently, like you know, nine point nine other million people joined me and everyone in town. Basically, the biggest opening on HBO Max ever, like yeah. for a premiere of TV. That is crazy. I will say this: it. Uh, I think. That the original Game of Thrones series, if they continue with the direction that this show is going and with all the other spinoff shows are going to go, is that eventually they're going just to have to refilm the final season of the original Game of Thrones. Because they're already oh my God. they're already retconning things that they were setting up in previous seasons that the creators just dropped the ball on in the final season. Like it's, I, I, I really want to get your opinion on this. <laughs> Because okay, really a couple of things happened this first watched. episode, I was like, "That would have been way better." It's like, what the fuck? Like, there's so oh. many moments. Like, yeah, it's man, it it makes you kind of disappointed, especially so with how it <laughs> ended. Even because, more disappointed, you mean? <laughs> man, dude, this series, it's it could be good. Like, it's it, okay. There was already like a red wedding level event in this first episode and you, oh, nice. we barely we barely knew the character but you instantly empathized and felt with everything that was going on it was fucking visceral and gnarly dude <sighs> jesus okay so overall, and then there I was mean, still like 40 minutes left of the episode or oh, something jesus. like that yeah it was wild dude Whoa. yeah okay so but your overall opinion on just this first episode without really giving too much <sighs> away yeah i mean you, you're saying this is probably going to be a series that is worth for going sure. forward on, right? Yeah, okay. For sure. I had, I had my worries. I was worried about how this thing was going to go. Yeah. But, okay. But you'd be happy to know that uh, Ben off of Weiss apparently don't have anything to do with this whatsoever. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. They got voted off the island. So. Yeah. And, I, okay, I think this also is based on a book. Like, I don't know. I haven't read the, the, the Game of Thrones books, so I don't know. Like, as far as I knew, this he'd only written, like, six of them. Like, he'd spent the last 30 years writing the last four or something like that but over time he has released other books that tell like these stories they're doing the spinoffs of and yeah. this house of the dragons is apparently uh, already a book well okay that's good because yeah that was the problem with i mean I, the show was really good the original game of thrones but apparently yeah, they were it. moving so fast that yeah. even they surpassed what was written in the book so they had to kind of write up their own you know stories at that point which at times can work. Yeah, I mean, but you had the creator right there. You'd ask him, like, are we going in the right direction? And he could be like, yeah, you're going in the right direction. Yeah, but as slow as he was writing the books, he'd probably give him the same kind of answer. He's like, well, you know, I right. thought about this and that. <laughs> then they're like, no, no, no. If you, you want the answer, don't go to him. Just right. go write something. Get get a bunch of writers in the room and say, just come up with some ideas, guys. Unfortunately, oh. they failed in the last season. But Yeah, or like anything they suggested, he's like, go ahead and try that. And if it works, I'll put it in the books. If not, I'll change it up. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably more more realistic how it went is like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to write that as my own. <laughs> right. Yeah, I got to say, man, this first episode, it was, uh, you, you know how early in the first episode of Game of Thrones, they kept promising dragons, 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 yeah. and we didn't get those motherfuckers for years? Dude, there are so many dragons <laughs> in this episode. I mean, being House of Dragons, you would expect it, but they do not hold back. They're giving you all the best parts you liked about Game of Thrones right from jump. There's the... There's the intrigue. There's already some shady characters doing shady deals. There's uh, big battles. There, it's just it's everything you really liked about Game of Thrones already. Like, not not to you know, 
not to sully it with the term, but there was a, a fair <laughs> amount of fan service in the episode, which fucking helps for a, a brand new spinoff you're trying to get people to love because it's... I'm very intrigued with where this yeah. series is going to go because I don't That's... know shit about the book. I just know, like, you know, eventually 100 years down the road or two year, 100 years down the road, whatever, we get, you know, Khaleesi and... And there yeah. See, that's the one thing I did hear about it was like they make it very clear that you know if it's been a long time since you've watched the original series, yeah, they they make sure to, to put up some title cards and stuff like that to show you that like yeah this is this it, this time frame you know yep and and bringing those characters names that you do know and say okay it's like a hundred years before Daenerys and that kind of stuff yeah so I think that'll be helpful because yeah it's been a while since I've gone back and watched that series even though they did shout out like the biggest houses you saw like a. Like an old Rickon Stark, who was you know the, the yeah. Ned's you know child's namesake, and was representative for House Lannister there, and you, you see like someone was from Dorne, and you know so it, it was fun identifying little things, and the Game of Thrones theme kept popping up here or there, so it uh, man I don't know it it was kind of refreshing to watch. Although I, I will say this, uh, just one fucking show about dragons will not be enough for me to keep HBO because that's about the only fucking thing they got left in that goddamn <laughs> network after they took an axe to about every fucking animated series like my or my family, me or my family fucking yes. adores. And yeah. in the shittiest way too. They didn't notify any of these people. No. Man, they found out on fucking Twitter. Yeah, I mean, you can tell there's new management in the house because they are they're cleaning things out. Man, um, yeah, I mean, people are really looking at their their books right now and saying, yeah, we've spent a shit ton of money on a lot of programming and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah, they're they're being cautious now. Right. And, and so I, obviously, you know, make the cuts and in, in all this, you know, the series that people are going to come to your network and streaming service and watch instead of like you know, Honey Boo Boo season forty. Yeah, but unfortunately, I think you're miscalculating. The th- like, you're looking at it from your point of view and saying what you would come for. How I think many people do you think watch people, that shit? Yes, a majority of people like that garbage. No man. way, dude. I, I'm t- they, these oh. guys, they, they know one thing, what their audiences want. Jesus. And, yeah, that, it makes me sad because there's a lot of shit on there that I would like to see that is not going to show up on there. Or at least not yet. Right. Now, you know, they're going to raise their rates, you know, and, and push that up. So when, when they start making making more money again, more content will get pushed out again uh, because they are going to have to look at the after effects of this thing and say, okay, how many subscribers do we lose after we took off a certain sect of, of our programming? So they're going to reevaluate that stuff, you know, six months, a year down the road. Yeah. But I, you might have I, to I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these series end up like, you know, someplace that doesn't really mind this sort of thing like Disney or Netflix because, you know, they're, they don't really seem to mind. And I tell yeah. you what, you know, maybe canceling HBO, like even with the Disney price raise that's coming, you know, I could swing an extra $3 a month if I'm saving 15 on HBO. <laughs> aren't, you, aren't, you, aren't you locked into Disney anyway? So <laughs> I would. Uh, it's actually up in a couple of weeks. My, my oh, my God. Year, has it uh, been three years already? It has been. Yeah, I know. I was shocked, too. I was like, no way. It's fucking going up. I got the email that said, if you want to keep it, it's going to be this much. If you want to do that, it's going to be this much. It's like, oh, shit. Uh, apparently, you can bundle. It's all about the bundle these days. If you bundle yeah. it with, like, the 9,000 ESPNs and Hulu, it's, like, $4 cheaper somehow. But it's like, I don't want ESPN. Can you just take it out? Like, why don't you want ESPN? It's like, I'm not going to fucking watch it. Just take it out. Like, we can't do that, sir. It's like, okay, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, dealing Comcast all over again, man. It's like, I'm never going to open the app. Don't even fucking charge yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, we're, we got changes coming in the streaming services. That's going to be a, a shock. Yeah. Um, Price raises everywhere too. 
Yeah, and like I said, I think that's because we are these these a lot of these uh, streaming services have realized you know I think they've over over leveraged themselves a little bit. Like <laughs> I don't understand how Netflix is still operating. Honestly, I mean as much crap as they've spent on you know that doesn't have any return on it. But yeah, you man. know who knows? Because it's it's not like where it's a Paramount Plus or or Peacock where they can dual release something where they get in theaters and streaming on the same day. Like Netflix is just like, they don't do that, right? They did that for the Irishman, didn't they? But other than that, it's just all Netflix. Yeah. And I don't know. Did Irishman get a theatrical release? I can't remember. I don't know. I think it might've, I don't I don't remember if it did or if it was a straight to streaming service, but yeah, you never even watched it. Did you? So. No, <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it did. Oh no! Okay. It, it was a very limited theatrical run, apparently. Okay, was yes, on Netflix, yeah. that's that's more logical. Yeah, yeah. Netflix hasn't gotten on that train, you know. Where I think like Prime, Hulu, you know, I think they might have gotten on that. Right. But, yeah. Certainly Disney and Peacock. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're on that because, but they're also attached to big studios, right? I mean, Peacock is attached to Universal. And, yeah. You know, HBO is attached to Warner Brothers. So. Yeah. Yeah, Amazon's got uh, that Ring of Power show. Every trailer that keeps coming out for that these days, it looks more and more amazing. Have you seen I'm, the new footage they've been putting out for yes, it? Yes, I am very, very excited for that. Like, it's, yeah. it's getting me to the point where, because it's been a long time since I've watched the movies, even those shitty Hobbit movies. Like, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get prepared to watch those again and, and, uh, and line up the TV show and get it ready. Because, yeah, it looks phenomenal what they put into that thing. I think you could probably skip The Hobbit and just do Lord of the Rings if I had to make sure, I guess. Well, if I could do that, I would be very happy because I don't like those Hobbit films. Yeah, they're uh, hmm. they're not easy to watch, some of them. No, no. It's just like it was put there just to get some money. That, I think, I, all it was was a cash grab. Yeah. Because it doesn't do any service to the books, really. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. But yeah, each trailer I see for this one, like, there's going to be, if you're a fan of, like, fantasy shows, I, I think now is about, like, you know, maybe, like, the superhero stuff is coming to an end a little bit, like, in a certain sense, and just fantasy seems to be coming up, because, like, now, you know, get the Lord of the Rings shows, you know, Game of Thrones, you know, has been back and will be back, like, all the, there's more and more series coming out, like, Amazon has a few more that are along this, you know, in this vein, like, the Wheel of Time and just everything mm-hmm. else, so... Man, yeah, I guess uh, as much as theaters want to come back, more and more streaming services are giving us enough options to be like, I don't got to go outside. It's fine. Yeah, they're like any other business. They're putting a lot of money into certain projects. Yeah. Expecting to, with those projects attached, you know, having big titles attached to them. So like Lord of yeah. the Rings and that kind of stuff. You're, you're going to get some subscribers. You're going to get those fans For who sure. just like never, like I honestly, I don't even know who the hell doesn't have a prime membership in this world, you know, since Amazon owns everything Unfortunately, else. yeah. But, you, you know, just, yeah. I guess Amazon realizes like, hey, we got to figure out to get those last 20 people out there, right? <laughs> right, yeah. If Whole Foods isn't gonna get them, we gotta get them with quality Lord of the Rings content. Right? Yes, yes, because they got their hands in everything else. Yeah, basically. I am really excited for that series, though. I will oh, say I'm, that. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very much too. Yeah, I do have a question. Though. Like, I'm not sure. Just when I think I have rights issues figured out in Hollywood, some news blurb pops up that really confuses me all over again. So, as far as I'm concerned, Amazon—they're the ones making the Ring of Power show, so they have. They they're doing Lord of the Rings now, like that's just them. But apparently, some other entity bought the rights to all the Lord of the Rings characters, and they're talking like they're going to go right into production on shit like right away. It's like so we could conceivably see more tales about Aragorn and about, <laughs> and about Gandalf and all that. At what point does 
will it all be canon is what I'm asking or will it depend on what production studio does and on what counts? It, so think of it like uh, Spider-Man, right? Ah. So Spider-Man is one of those big properties that was that was just tossed around people, different people own the rights. Ultimately, yeah. like I believe right now, yeah, Sony owns the rights mm-hmm. to Spider-Man and yeah. they just loan them out now. And because, you know, as long as the as long as they make a movie every so many years or use that character, those yeah. rights won't revert back to Marvel and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yep. rights it's it's funny. If you look at the history of a lot of movies, especially movies with with real popular characters, you'll almost always find a court case out there where somebody will argue <laughs> that I have the rights to this character or mm-hmm. you know you can't do this I'm owed this much money because of this reason whatever it might be yeah. it happens all the time so I am not surprised by you saying that that there's something out there I don't think it'll be I think you'll see companies like Amazon end up just getting those rights back whether it's either just buying them outright or suing for the rights of those kind of things all right yeah, um, yeah. i mean when you got pockets like Amazon i mean shit you might as well sue the hell out of everybody and just or, or just buy the parent company it's like all right yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> right it's like, i'm just going to buy every streaming service that you're going to put that thing on just so walk in mine. with a checkbook who said hobbit you're like hey, yes. get over here <laughs> yeah it's like the old days of wrestling with the million dollar man like everybody right, yeah, got a exactly. price you know if you kiss his toe he gives you a hundred dollars and yes. you can make a, a golem video game there you go that's exactly how jeff bezos thinks i believe right oh jesus dude he he does look kind of like a villain from like the old wrestling days like a like a knockoff lex luther kind of like you know but his name you, would be like if you can break the billion dollar mark or something yeah if you can break the billion dollar mark in your bank roll uh, i think you could you will automatically start looking like a villain no matter what like yeah. you just start dressing crazy and you know acting differently it's it'll be weird i know <laughs> i mean not that i wouldn't want to try <laughs> i mean obviously how else are you gonna dress with that much velour you need to be a millionaire yeah exactly <laughs> <Pull> it off <laughs> You know, because, yeah, if, if you become that rich, man, you want to look like a Batman villain. Oh, I mean, for that's sure. Just, that's just what you want to do. I want nothing, nothing but crushed velvet and, like, throw pillows everywhere. You know what I mean? I want it to look like Slughorn's chambers from, from fucking Harry Potter, where it's just luxury and cushions as far as the eye can see. <laughs> Good callback. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, call it back to the... Uh, to the streaming uh, release along with theatrical release come to find out Halloween ends happily enough well I'm maybe not even happily enough I'm not sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. let's that's, let's let's, let's tone tow it down a bit uh, here. as far as we had known until today uh, Halloween ends the quote whoosh final installation of the Halloween franchise uh, was only going to be released in theaters uh, this coming fall which you know uh, there a lot of people did go out and see this movie they did go out and see Halloween kills for sure uh, we were not among that group uh, no, I definitely so, streamed that one. I was yeah. like, yeah, I just watched it. So going to the theaters to see the this last chapter, especially after some of the rumors we've been hearing, wasn't really too high on the priority list. No. But, you know, thankfully enough, the Universal uh, people, at good folks at Universal have saved us a trip. They're going to dual release this thing again, much like they did with Halloween Kills. Halloween ends will appear on October 14th in theaters and on streaming. Yeah, so this, I think this shows how much confidence they have in this movie based on what people were saying from Halloween Kills. I, I don't think that Universal has a lot of confidence here that this is going to be something they can release widely in a bunch of theaters. So right. I'm, I'm sure that they're cutting back on the theaters and saying, hey, go watch it at home, people. At least we'll get some subscribers out of this. Exactly, yeah. Because even if you lock people in for a month, like, you know, that's 
that's still gonna be worth like what a few movie tickets at least, right? Yeah, yeah, and it it, it makes me sad because this that trilogy has it started off so strongly. I absolutely loved that first installment. I I was like, yes, well, John Carpenter's very first Halloween movie. Hmm. Like you mean John Carpenter's very first one, or you mean Halloween Kills? No, I mean when the the, the reboot of the series, essentially, back in 2018. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that, yeah, because I feel like that one kind of sits itself. Yeah, it, it's building off the original The Halloween. very first yes. David Gordon Green one, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one, it started off so strong. I loved where they went with the story. And to be honest, they didn't need to make three more, but I liked the way it ended. I, I figured it was like, yep, finally, you know, Lori <laughs> kills Michael. He's trapped. He's going to burn. Bye. Yeah. You know, that's where you could have ended it. No, they had to keep going with it. And then once again, like every, like all the other prior Halloweens, they had to jump the shark, uh-huh. you know, and make it crazier. So yeah, now that, now that they're saying this and just saying, yeah, we're going to put it in streaming too. Yeah. It does not fill me with any more confidence after everything we've read about this already. We're already kind of pissed about it. Now I feel like, yeah, I was like, I'm going to, I'm not going to be looking forward to like sitting down and watching it on streaming now. <laughs> You know, like before I was just worried. I was like, I'm going to have to go to a theater. Now yeah. I just, I, I'm not feeling confidence. I hate being that guy, but damn it. I know. You want to know what's funny too is that Halloween Ends has been on HBO for I don't know how long. And every time it's like, you want to do Halloween? Like, no. It's like, just keep flying right past it. <laughs> yes. No one person is showing any interest in watching that movie. It's like, that's fair. That's fair. I don't want to go back and see that either. It's yep. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's, it's, Because like you said, that Halloween 2018 was... About ninety-five percent of that movie was very, very good. The one part that just man, it just is the the, the psycho turn for for Michael's new Loomis, him, him being a bit yeah. of a serial killer himself or whatever he was supposed to be. It just it didn't. It was unnecessary because it didn't improve the story or move the story along whatsoever. It was just there just to be there. Yeah, it was there to shock the audience. Be like, oh my god, right. I can't believe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It didn't need to be there, uh, no. you know, because at the end of the day, it's a story about Laurie and Michael. That's what right. the original was about. That's what they needed to finish this one about is between right. these two. Yeah. And then Halloween Kills, you know, whatever happened, happened in that movie. And now with Halloween Ends, here we go. So at least yeah. we don't <laughs> we don't got to go to the theaters to see it. And they're releasing it a couple of weeks before Halloween. So maybe they're hoping, like, the the views to it will build going into the season by releasing it a couple of weeks early like you know what i mean like it, it'll pick up steam instead of dying down right away yeah you're hoping that as a, as a producer to, to right you know get some good word of mouth that people aren't going to walk out of theaters and be like oh damn that was shit you know the yeah. critics going to tear the shit you don't want that because yeah it's not going to be good for the streaming service at that point because nobody's going to want to you know tune in they're just going to be say hey let me use your password you know and i'll right, watch yeah. it maybe well not even that it's like peacock they have a free option for their service too so you could consider oh watch you're it for right free if you wanted to yeah, and they have their commercials and then yeah. their commercial version, all that stuff. You're right. Yeah. Yes. So you, yeah. you watch it with maybe like six commercials and it's free, basically. Mm. Which is, I mean, I got no problem doing that. Yeah, that that'd be the only way it'd be tolerable if it's as bad as of what they're saying. I'm I'm quite curious now because like you you bring a good point. I thought it was I thought well maybe they're just being nice releasing it at home. That's pretty cool. But now now you're no, it's always about, about it. money. Yeah, it's, it's about like maybe money. they don't have a lot of confidence in it. Shit, like that's. That's not really so good. Yeah, I'm hoping, I will hope that yeah, it, it surprises me and to be like, okay, you guys finished semi-strong on this thing. Right. I don't I don't expect this thing to be like, oh, yeah, this is the best of those three um, <laughs> yeah, by far. Quite. But, yeah. you know, hopefully they can they can do something where they just they get to a decent ending and I'll be satisfied. But 
Yeah. You know, knowing knowing what they like to do with that character, you know, Michael's still not going to be dead. He's still going to be alive somehow. And, you know, just in case they want to make another film down the road. Oh, do you think they leave him alive this one if they don't actually kill him? I just have a feeling. Shit. But I, then again, you know, like the other ones, they always tried to kill him and then they always figure out a weird way to bring him back to life, too. Right. So. Like, oh, he's going to go float down a river. It's going to be completely fine. Yeah. And then a bunch of druids will find him and bring him back to life right. and all this No, other that stuff. was when the. Uh, when that homeless guy found him and he was he nursed him back to health in his shack with that dog remember yeah like he had my yeah. he was nursing he was nursing michael myers back to health for a year until october I've, 30th when he woke up and started murdering people again i think i've emptied that out of my brain a long time <laughs> that's fair because they are awful was God, that wasn't the paul rudd one was it? is that why that it, one's it, like i head? said i don't know if they are i know it's not the uh the buster rhymes one i know that one but no uh, that's it's no resurrection dude i <laughs> Man, after Halloween ends, after the last seven minutes of Halloween ends, there were so many. It's like they had watched all the previous, like Halloween four through six after season of the witch, and thought I could top all that dumb shit right in this movie alone. <laughs> yes, and they did. Like they set out to purposely make it as, as just confounding and just as just ridiculous of an ending as they could. And man, they pulled it off because. Having Michael Myers go full Hulkamaniac and <laughs> fucking you and just take out the entire mob of people is just, that was a choice, man. It still bothers me. Yeah, it's... It still fucking bothers me to this day. Yeah. Like I, like I said, if they just left it at the end of the first Halloween movie they made, mm-hmm. it would have been a perfect ending to it. Lori Even Halloween H2O was a solid ending. Like, yeah, yeah that, and then somehow like, he was brought back Michael to life too. after that, wasn't he? Yeah, because he had taken his mask off and put it on a paramedic, and, you know, he, he drove the ambulance away. I forgot him. about that. Yes, thank yeah. you for bringing that up. That stupid story. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. You know, I, I do love these movies. I've seen them all enough to be able to tell you what happens in each one, so it's, I'm not trashing this thing just to trash it. Like, I truly do enjoy these movies as a franchise. And uh, I want to see it end well. It's like, fuck, man. Yeah, that's... Yes, you as a true fan. Like, yeah, I'm a... I'm a fan of the original. I mean, that that's the that's the movie that got me into horror when I yeah, like it's when I first saw it. I remember because I, I I had seen it later after I'd seen some of the other horror films that came out in the eighties, uh-huh. and I remember not being scared by a lot of those movies. But I remember when I first watched Halloween as a young person, like that movie scared me. So I was yeah. like, this is the way to do horror, and yeah, and ever since anything after that first one really was shit until twenty eighteen. When they they made a pretty good story, had a lot of good kills, and had a great ending to it, and then they're like, "Well, we just got to keep making this story because we want to make this a trilogy." And yep. yeah, it just it jumps the shark every time. Very frustrating. Very frustrating. I know. I want I want to I want to like it so. I mean, I'm gonna watch it regardless. It's yes. Just, you know. Yeah. I'm so I want to I I enjoy my time. I don't think that's asking too much. But you're not asking too much also to say, you know, just give me a good trilogy. If you want to put a trilogy together, do a good trilogy then. Make a good story out of it. I yeah. Mean, hell, take the ending of that first Halloween and put that into the end of your third one. Yeah. Where there's, where there's a showdown and, there, and that's the ending. Do that. But. I, I have a terrible feeling that Michael Myers' spirit is going to go into someone else or whatever. And, you know, that the Halloween killer is going to continue in, in someone what, maybe, else. Maybe the daughter? Lori's daughter is that what you're talking about or, or there there's there's some random teen they're alluding to also like who's a, a mystery role in this one like he could be the the one to continue the mantle oh no to take up the mantle yeah maybe yeah. it'll be worth it if Paul Rudd just makes a cameo maybe that'll work 
it might. I mean, I man, <laughs> after, maybe not. After after what's seen happening, Anthony Michael Hall that last one, it's like maybe he should just stay the. Fuck oh, that's up. right. He was in that movie too, wasn't he? he? Was. I forgot. And he tried. I mean, you know. Yeah, but you know, he's, he's Anthony Michael Hall. You know, I know, thirty years past his prime. So, if there's ever a movie that is begging for a sequel, it's The Breakfast Club. They got to get these people back together in their fifties. You know, and just see what they're all up to. <laughs> yeah, visiting the new group of kids. Yeah, like maybe you know, uh, Bender's a principal. You know what I mean? And everybody calls him Dick for some reason. I don't know, just something. Yeah, something. Yeah. Somebody something get Amy Heckerling on the phone. Let's get this shit going. I think all those movie. people are still alive, right? So they gotta be. Yeah. I think they could. Yeah. Moy Ringwald definitely. Emilio is still alive. Yeah. 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 All the yeah they could do are it. Still there. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Right. I mean, yeah. Well, John Hughes isn't alive anymore, so I mean, oh yeah, you'd have to get a new director. That's a crucial piece, though. It is. Yes, very yeah. much so. If you're a child of the '80s, yes, you know, super that. crucial piece. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. I know. Oh, hey, so another news show started that, uh, did you watch She-Hulk? No. So okay. I've got I'm into Disney again with some of these shows. Uh-huh. Oh. I, this one, I, I honestly kind of forgot that it was coming out. I just I didn't pay attention to it. So I have not watched an episode yet. Tell and me and, and the, the last couple of things they focus on have been sort of young Avengers centric, where it's the the younger oh, the younger team Marvel coming up here. things like that. However, <laughs> that is not what She Hulk is. It's you know it, it's an adult. Con- it's basically Ally McBeal with superpowers. Essentially, it's kind of the vibe they're going for with this. And I will say that it, the first episode itself was good. Good was, as in what? Though? I mean. Like actual competent story kind of thing, or is it yes. just like entertaining for a Marvel show? Both. Okay. Okay. They're okay. <laughs> Going back to the rights issues. Apparently, the Hulk's rights for solo production go back, revert back to Marvel at some point next year. So yeah, because Universal owns them right now, I believe. They own them this year, and that's why the, yeah. the the Hulk story has only been told in chunks throughout other people's franchises since he's been in the MCU. Well, now we're at the point to where the rights are getting ready, getting ready to revert back next year. And from the looks of what I've seen in the first episode of She-Hulk, is that they are planting the seeds to maybe do Hulk's biggest solo comic adventure in live action. Let which me guess. would be utterly amazing. World War Hulk? Yes. Yep, Okay. Nice. Okay, because you've told me about that that yeah. story run, and Ridiculous. that does sound very intriguing to me if they do something like that. And, and they're already kind of laying the seeds a bit, like you know, uh, I don't want to spoil the whole episode for you, but you get the, the gist of the show is that she's Hulk's cousin. She becomes a Hulk, and you know, from the trailers, you could tell he kind of starts to train her how to become a Hulk. Well, in their interactions, just the first episode alone, there were moments to where the Hulk was. You could tell there was something going underneath, like the surface a bit, where the Hulk was almost fighting for control and had moments where he came out and he was not smart Hulk, he was just Hulk. So you could <laughs> Pure tell, like, rage the, hard ex- exactly, yes. yes, like to where you, you know there's there's something brewing beneath that surface there. So they're they're playing the long game with this one, but I think it's you shouldn't really watch a show just for the tease of something else that's coming, but it is a nice additional hook. But I will say that She-Hulk itself with Tatiana Maslany and all that, it's, it's well cast. It's well written. It's funny. It's, it's not, you know, 
but not so overly funny to where people would complain about it like oh it's just all jokes like Thor Ragnarok I mean you know that's that's the point of She-Hulk is that you know it's supposed to be like a comedy character like Deadpool to where there is this you know fourth wall self-referential self-referential kind of jokes about it and just you know uh, it's well done I enjoy it I really really liked it I'm very curious to see uh, how the second episode is going to go okay so this one just came out then yeah it, uh, okay. new episodes premiere every Thursday so I think watch the first if, if you don't like anything in the first episode whatsoever then you know you could probably stop but I think there'll be a, there'll be more than enough there you'll be like okay I, I well, see what they're going for here I'm a completionist I if I start it I've got to finish it so I will I will yeah I will go through the whole series because anyway yeah either way it, it all is gonna connect right you know yeah. to the Avengers when we get back to them. So yeah. Like, and you know, it's, it's Daredevil's in it and they're promising a whole bunch of other like crazy cameos too and all that. So <sighs> yeah, just, yeah. When you mention things like young Avengers and all that kind of stuff where I know the direction they're going, right. It just, it doesn't instill me with a lot of confidence. And, the, you know, that's where they're going more with like Miss Marvel and with, with the new Hawkeye and things like that. But she Hulk, she's very much, she's a grown up. So there's, you know, there's 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 no high school drama in this one. If if that'll okay. help, I encourage you to check it out. It'll, it'll it helps a little bit. It, right. it certainly <laughs> helps a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's it's too bad that we never got to see Bridget Nielsen, you know, in the Hulk, uh, you know, role. But hey, you know, I'd like to see her in a cameo. It'd give us an excuse to use her show intro. Just for yeah, a while. just to put her in there. Yes, yeah, right. even that too. Friend yeah. of the show. Love you, I appreciate mean, yeah. She got to do some of the the film, the makeup uh, tests and all that stuff. I mean, I've seen that fan poster circulate around us since that show's been out. Yeah, yeah, she's she actually did. They were doing testing for it and all that stuff back way back when, but yeah, it just never came of anything. That's a shame because she was she looked pretty good as a She Hulk. Yeah, yeah, she she could have pulled it off, especially back then. For and, sure, yeah. yeah. Really tall, just a big lady. She could have done it. Yeah. But we'll never know. She instead, you know, yeah, she'll yeah. just be forever known as Red Sonia. Right. But I mean, there's worse ways to be known. I don't really understand. Like, I, I appreciate that, you know, more and more, like, they're trying to give us, like, original shows and things like that. But just with, like, you know, another interesting rights issue kind of comes up now is that where the King Kong Godzilla MonsterVerse is all being done by whatever movie studio is doing it, but Apple TV is also doing a live action series based upon the MonsterVerse. That's going to be like a King Kong kind of show. And they're also working on a new Godzilla vs. King Kong movie, which will be focusing on King Kong. But to further <laughs> further oh. muddy the waters a bit, uh, in a show that is not connected to the MonsterVerse whatsoever, uh, Disney Plus is going to be doing its own King Kong show that will also focus on King Kong and Skull Island that, again, has no ties whatsoever to the MonsterVerse that has been in theaters <laughs> for the past couple of years. Have those characters fallen into public domain? Is that what it is? Because I always thought Universal owned all those characters. Dracula. That was my, my exact question to you. Is like, the how money. is that even possible? I don't know. Like, that's the only thing I think of. Is maybe those characters fell into the public domain and anybody can do what they want with them now. Other so, than that, I, I don't know. That, that's so kind of like how that, uh, how that one group did the horror movie with Winnie the Pooh. Is that... As soon as they're public domain, anybody can make whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. If there's if anything falls into public domain, you and I could make a movie with those characters in it. You know, the day that Mickey Mouse falls into the public domain, every you watch. I mean, every Mickey Mouse will be poster <laughs> over everything. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what public domain is. It's free for all at that point. Nobody has any rights to it anymore. Jesus. 
Yeah, it's a it's a reason why Night of the Living Dead can be put out on a million different uh, DVDs oh. and shown anywhere they want because it's already in the public domain. There was no copyright attached to it. So y- you and I could do our podcast with uh, Living De- Night of the Living Dead playing in the background, and nobody could sue us for it. Boy, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 crazy how yeah the public domain works. But that it explains though you you begin to understand why Disney would spend so much money and other people creators would spend so much money to get those laws changed to you know draw out the lines of those copyrights and all that kind of stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, how long have they been arguing the rights for the fucking Friday the Thirteenth franchise? Like they've been talking about making another movie like that for the past thirty years, and it's still in discussions yep. apparently. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like I said, look at the history of any movie where, there, where there's like some kind of popular character. I guarantee yeah. you can find at least a court case out there where somebody's arguing they own the rights to something. It was their screenplay. It was something. I mean, just it's it's crazy how much uh, court stuff goes on with these movies. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, not for nothing. It's I am. I, I don't know if you've seen the any of the footage or the pre or the like the previous shots they've shown for for this upcoming horror movie starring Winnie the Pooh it's called Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey um and it's <laughs> it, it looks like it's done all practically which I can really appreciate uh okay yeah is it got a real bear in it it's it's either a real bear or it's a person wearing a bear I, wearing a bear suit it's it's really hard to describe it's not like not like the bear, uh, the bear character, like the the old '78 uh, Incredible Hulk TV show where he would fight the bear and he threw it across the lake. Like you've seen that one, right? Oh yeah, no, no, no. It's not not no, that not bad, like, is it? Not that bad. No, I'm trying to find a link so I can send it to you here. Let me see. Where's the, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's All probably right. it's probably more CGI than anything. No, this imagine. is practical effects. Like it's a straight up, it's straight up silicone, or whatever. Like the uh, oh Jesus, and there, there's a there's a piglet that kind of looks more like a boar, and there's it, it's almost like that that movie, The Messengers or uh, The Strangers or whatever. Like where it's the people in masks like haunting that family kind of deal. It's like it's like that, but they're all dressed like Winnie the Pooh characters. Okay, that does sound kind of creepy. Yes, so. and, and, and the makeup effects itself, they look really creepy. Like they just they have a really kind of waxy just. There's something off about them to where well, like, you know it's Winnie the Pooh, but it's pretty fucking scary to look at. Yeah, and I, I always have a soft spot in my heart for practical effects when it comes to horror films. You know, I you cannot recreate blood with CGI, but God damn it, you get some Carol syrup and <laughs> some you know food coloring. Yeah. I believe that somebody's bleeding out, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, this is interesting. Wow, isn't it kind of? It's yeah, it's there's something to it. Like there really is something to it. Where it's like I, I'm kind of curious about it. I feel like Nick Cage has to be in this film somewhere too. <laughs> Just seems I don't like know. that type of film. Right, like is my head only going there because he did the Willy's Wonderland one last year? Maybe, maybe that's what I'm thinking, or I'm thinking also of like just like the poster. It kind of looks like something that like he would be in. Like the past, uh, few, like maybe like when he did Mandy or and all that. Where yeah, he was like that the, uh, yeah. and even even Pig. I mean, even as ridiculous as it is, I don't know. There's something in it that just brings me back to that. But maybe now that you're saying it, it's probably because of Willy's Wonderland. Yeah, well, Pig was a little misleading there. It was not the movie I quite expected. <laughs> sitting down to watch it, yeah. it was pretty dramatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really got you going there. I'm sure. Yeah, it was. You know, it wasn't really what I quite wanted. I was, I thought yeah, there was something going when they had Nicolas Cage doing the underground chef uh, fight club. I was like, well, here's what the movie is. Now I get it. And then that, 
That's only lasted a couple of seconds. Yeah, took a took a uh, like a real screeching turn at that point, though, didn't it? Oh yeah, dude, it completely like all the brakes completely fell off. And the the tank was empty. There was fucking nothing left in that movie. Yeah. But it's still like forty five minutes to go. It's still one of those films that he loves to talk about. Maybe it's just because he still wants to promote it, but he loves talking about that movie. He really does. He really does enjoy that movie. <laughs> Too bad. I know. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so let's see. Uh, what else? Do we have anything fun coming up? Let's come out here. We should be checking out soon, do you think? I know well, we we have we have we still have yet to talk about Masters of the Universe, and I want to be able to dedicate enough time to that to be able to fully fully get into it. So I don't think we'll actually fully cover on this one, but probably the next episode we'll get into Masters of the Universe, and we also watched another movie, right? We sure did, and it's one that I'm very excited to talk about because it goes back to one of my favorite series out there. Well, I will say a couple of my favorite movies, not a series. Not the franchise itself, just a couple of the Just a couple movies. of the movies, so if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Predator series, and we're talking about uh, Prey. Hulu's production of Prey. Whew. Very excited to talk about that. There's so much so much that's going on in that thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely definitely want to talk about that coming up. It was, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to sitting down and talking about that one, too. And, you know, of course, we got all our usual shows and things like that. Uh, any movies, though, like anything you're looking forward to? Like, as far as movies goes, I don't really know that. No. I know we got uh, Love and Thunder will be hitting Disney Plus in, like, two weeks now, we know. But as far as theatrical releases go for the end of the year, like, is there anything you're looking forward to seeing? Because there's nothing really that's screaming to my mind, like, I got to go to theaters in November and see blank. You know what I mean? No, I mean, maybe, you know, yeah, come November, maybe Black Panther 2, but... Other than that, there's nothing that's really just, like, catching my eye, you know, that would just be like, oh, yeah, I've got to go see that. I mean, yeah, I think I'm more excited oh, about Oh, that's right. Black Panther does come out in November, doesn't it? It does, yeah. That's right, November but 11th. I, I think I'll be a little more excited for some of the new Disney Plus movie shows that are going to come out, like Andor. And, because, I mean, that, the, the previews look really, really entertaining on that. When's Andor start? That I believe in September. If I'm September twenty first. Nope, you're right. Is it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we got that coming up. I know there's also going to be a, a really entertaining, or at least it looks entertaining, a documentary about Obi Wan that's going to be on Disney. Really? Yeah. If, I don't know if you saw the trailer. I think dropped for it yesterday. No, I didn't um, see it. Yeah, check it out. It's just you know, it's it's you and McGregor in that. They're talking about that. Yeah, making that series that they just got done compl- or we got done watching earlier this year it looks really entertaining so I think I want to I'm going to definitely check that out huh. yeah other than that it's, it's hard to say like I'm just like stoked now as we're getting to the end of the year here right you yeah know, you're right Black Panther Wakanda Forever is the only movie that mm-hmm. is coming out that wow jeez yeah then you, then you gotta wait till next year before we get back to, to what we're talking about Till next spring, yeah, and that it, it doesn't even really get kicked off there with Ant Man and then Guardians Three and all that. Huh. Yeah, we're gonna get wow. full on into Marvel again coming into the next year. So, yeah, it's it. I think there's gonna be plenty of stuff coming up at the end of this year here that we're just not really found yet that we're gonna right. be kind of excited about. Yeah, um, but well, yeah. you figure too with everyone trying to get you know really trying to rush back to the theaters and all that, there'd have been a, a really big push, be like box office, box office, box office. Like every week there should have been like a new release or anything, but it. It feels like a really weird time right now where the studios aren't really sure how to proceed. Yeah. I mean, right now you, you're seeing these, as we talked about earlier, streaming services are pulling back a little bit, taking contact off. Yeah. You know, so so what does that mean for the, the movie uh, producers, you know, the people who are putting stuff into theaters? Well, maybe they're going to take some of those funds and put it that way. Or, mm. like you said, maybe they're still just being a real hesitant. Are we going to be able to get full 
you know, theaters again. And right. I, I th- think that certain movies have shown that, you know, people are going to go to the theaters. People like going to the movies. Yeah. Um, they just have to take a chance. And the question is, who's going to who's gonna be the first one to take that chance on, you know, a $150 million production? Oh, Black Panther 2 for sure. Like, that one will... That one releases right before Thanksgiving too. It's got the holiday rush. People going to people like yeah. going to the you know the movies around the holidays. It's, Absolutely, yeah. That's that going to be a, a very that could be returned to billion dollar box office right there for sure. You hope so. You hope so yeah. for for everybody's sake. And and that's one too. Like especially given with how just unique of a production story it is with Chad with Chadwick Boseman's passing and all that. And what do they do with the character of the child and like in the mantle of Black Panther going forward? It's wow. Yeah, it's. That's a really interesting film to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm intrigued by it. And that, that first yeah. trailer we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited for what they're going to bring us. Yeah. Not to mention, too, like, we know the season of Loki coming out at some point, too. That'll be on Disney Plus as well. That's true. So. Season two for that. Yeah, we're going to... There's going to be plenty of content out there. It's just, you know, what is going to tickle our fancy, right? <laughs> we have to wait through all the Halloween ends first before we get to Black God Panther. God help us. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be rough. Yeah, but you know, like you said, we do have prey we can talk about, and we do have Master Universe we have to talk about. So. Yes, 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 fans out there, listeners, we we will get to it. I know we promised it on the last one, but yeah, some some issues came up, so we had to kind of push it one week. But we will get you that review, especially if you've watched it. I mean, because if anybody sits down and watches that, you deserve to hear somebody talk about right. it. Right. I mean, to be quite honest, there were be- there were more entertaining things to watch in the interim, so we did. So, yes. But we will sit down and talk about it because the more I read about the background of this movie, the more interesting it gets. Oh, it's fascinating. Like, uh, apparently, just a little tidbit for everybody out there, uh, Dolph Lundgren had it in his contract for this film that they couldn't dub him over unless he had three attempts to give his dialogue himself in this movie. Yeah, yep, yeah. It's, a, it's little tidbits like that that just, like, it's crazy for as terrible of a movie, that which it is. And I don't yeah. want to spoil too much. I'm just saying it's, it's a fascinating story behind it. Where's the documentary based on this one alone? Like, I think uh, the documentary they did on that like, Fantastic Four Roger Corman movie was, was pretty entertaining yeah. its own right. Yes. But I want to see behind the stories about this one. Oh, this would be perfect. Yeah, if this was a, sure. if they had like a B- VH1 behind the music, except for the movies, <laughs> that would be awesome. I would yeah, love that. I'd be all for it. Oh man! All right, well let's get out of here. We got a bunch of shit to watch. Everybody, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Can you dig it?